If you've got your handouts with you, go ahead and take out the uh, insert that is in there. We're going to talk about a very fun and encouraging message. It's, last, it's our last opportunity to really uh, speak to the Daniel plan, even though all of our talks, making lasting change, and all, all of them have been uh, helpful in the process. Today, I want to talk about dealing with the hand you are dealt. Dealing with the hand you were dealt. You know, sometimes we, uh, we chafe at the hand we were dealt. Sometimes we, don't, we bemoan what God's given us and uh, how, how it's, it's a very complex thing, isn't it? You know, the, the Bible says that we were fearfully and wonderfully made. One version says, thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Wonderfully complex. Even the most simple among us are complex. Maybe some of you husbands that are sitting next to your wives should whisper to your wife right now, Honey, you are amazingly complex. <laughs> Not going to do it. Not going to do it. So, so here, here, okay, okay, okay. Wives, you should whisper back to your husband, You're amazingly simple. <laughs> I mean, that, that's, that's the stereotypical, right? Right? You know, we got, we got husbands that are, you know, just on and off. You know, there's the two buttons, on and off. And women that have all these dials and, and dashboards and uh, buttons. And, you know, it's like they're amazingly complex. But, you know, God's saying to all of us, even the most simple male, even the most simple, this was a guy. This was a guy who said, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am wonderfully complex. And, you know, that's the, the reality of the situation. None of us are the same as anyone else. I mean, you, uh, and can you imagine that? Seven billion people on the planet right now, and your DNA, your chemistry, you are totally different from anyone else on the planet. Even your finger and thumbprints don't match anybody else's. Is it amazing how God created us so complex and so unique? And in a way, it's a, it's a stewardship idea, just like Brian was talking about. God has put in your lap and in your hands uh, some, some realities, and he's put those there for a reason. You know those uh, in the parable of the stewards, they were all given a different set of things, you know, one here five here, 10 here, and the opportunity was, what are you going to do with what you've got? What are you going to do with what you've got? You're not responsible for what you don't have. You're only responsible for what you do have in your lap, and you were fearfully and wonderfully made. Look at this Ecclesiastes passage. A person who fears God deals responsibly with all reality. Circle that. Underline that. With all of reality, not just a piece of it. As believers, as Christians, we've got to see the big picture and be thankful for the complex makeup of this life, of who God's made us, and how he's directed us uh, to be. Look at every area of your life. No, Now, in the Daniel plan, we've had some five Fs, right? Faith, focus, fitness, food, friendship. You know, a couple of those, the secret sauce, so to speak, that many exclude are, are friends, 
faith, and focus. Fitness and food tend to be something that's fairly common when it comes to changing our health lifestyle. But we're interested in all of it. Fully orbed change. We don't want change just to come in one avenue or arena of our life because we are complex. We are multifaceted. We are um, made in God's image with lots of complexity to it. So what do you do with what you were given? (laughs) Some people say life is like a card game. You have to play the cards you're dealt with. You're, You're dealt Two weeks ago, a week and a half ago, we, we, we uh, spent time at Don and Peggy Carlson's memorial service. Don and Peggy, 95 and 92, 90, 90, uh, uh, they were amazing card players. You could hardly go to their house and they just say, sit down, play a, play a hand, you know, and it's like, whoa, I don't even remember Crazy Eights and, I, you know, Pinochle and all these, all these games they played. Um, think of, uh, well, maybe we should think about poker. How many of you have played poker before? Oh, good, 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 good. I'm not alone in here. Think of five-card stud or, 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 or something. Because when you play, what you have to play the card. You're down. It's not like go fish. Go get another one, right? Am I mixing metaphors here? <laughs> five-card draw is. Five-card draw is, but not five-card stud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to deal with the hand you're dealt. And that's kind of the uh, metaphor for life in some ways. For us today, deal with the hand you're dealt. So let's go through five factors that all of us were dealt. Okay, these are our five cards. Okay, pull up your hand <laughs> and note here are some of the unique factors that you were dealt. The first one is easy it's your chemistry, it's your chemistry, it's your chromosomes, it's your DNA, it's your hormones, you know, it's the uh, genes that you have, G-E-N-E, genes that you have, yeah. And uh, everybody is different, right? Well, you might have a different pain tolerance than the person next to you. It's not right or wrong. It just is, you know. Um, and every one of us need to thank God for making us, like we said, so wonderfully complex. And it's nowhere more evident the more the, the deeper we drill into our uniqueness, the more we're amazed. The deeper we go into the DNA, you know, ribonuclear studies, the deeper we understand how complex God really did uh, make us. And we need to thank Him for making us. So that means uh, emotionally, we're all different. Physically, we're all different. We don't have to be the same. Mentally, we're all different. You know, we're all on a different, and we don't have to uh, equate to everyone else's uh, similarities. You know, if you've got uh, a chemical imbalance in your system, let's say you've got low thyroid, you might have a low energy problem until you get a supplement. Okay? If you've got low calcium in your body, You might have brittle bones until you get a calcium supplement to make that, to to, to, uh, shore up that problem in your body. Whatever your unique thing is, um, you realize God's given you 
a chemistry that he hasn't given to anyone else. I think it was one husband who was uh, saying he was coming down with some hearing issues, and so he went to the, the audiologist, and he got into the booth, you know, and he had the headphones on, and it was like, raise your hand when you hear the tone. And then when the guy came out, his, his uh, doctor was just laughing. He says, why are you laughing? He said, well, I got to tell you. He said, the uh, frequency that you're missing in your hearing test is the exact same frequency as your wife's voice. <laughs> He's like, now I got an excuse. I got an excuse. I can't hear anyway, right? No, no, that's called selective hearing, right? right? There's probably a few choices involved in that one. But uh, <laughs> wouldn't it be easy if we could uh, just blame everything on chemistry? Huh? You know? Well, God, God made me that way, honey. I'm just missing out on this, you know. But uh, what is it that God made you? You didn't choose the chemistry that you got. Now, you might choose some details about it. Um, the um, one that I was reading about a little bit ago was uh, oxytocin. Do you know what oxytocin is in your body? Oxytocin is a, a hormone that causes bonding with people. It's the hormone that's released when a, when a baby nurses on its mother. It's released from the mother to the baby, and it's released from the baby as the baby suckles on the mother's uh, milk. Oxytocin is an is a interesting hormone, and if someone has a lot of oxytocin, they bond easily to other people. If they don't have a lot of oxytocin in their system, they're hard, difficult to, uh, to bond with others. They did a, a, a study, I think I got a picture of these uh, prairie voles. These prairie voles are the, one of the only mammals that mate for life. They bond together and they mate for life. And if one of the voles dies, gets killed, gets eaten, whatever, they're like little hamsters. Um, they stay single. I mean, that's how strong the bond is. So they did some studies, and evidently these mammals are extremely high in oxytocin. So doing the experiments they were trying to do, they were going to try to lower the oxytocin and see if it changed their behavior. And sure enough, it changed their behavior when they changed the hormone oxytocin in their system. It's like amazing. Did God create us amazingly complex? He even made the hamsters complex. Think about it, you know? So depending on how you were wired, depending on how you were made up, depending on the, the profile and the, the overlay that God used for you, you're going to have different things to deal with in your life than the person sitting next to you, okay? But we're fearfully and wonderfully made. In fact, that card is indeed... The, the, the card of the chemical that God has given us. Let's go with the second one because I've got to hurry here. The, the connections. You know, the parents that you had, the siblings that you had, the, 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 the world in which you were, you were born relationally, you didn't choose that. You didn't choose that. Now, you choose some of your connections, and, and we'll talk about the choice part, but at the point of your coming into this world and who you were connected to, we are a product of our relationships. And uh, how you 
relate in this world is a lot dependent on who's told you messages about yourself, how you've been pictured by others in your life. Um, you know, when God created Adam and Eve, they had a perfect connection. They had a perfect connection. Before sin entered the world, you know, they were tuned into each other. They were, they were naked and they didn't even know it. They were so in tune with the other person. They didn't even have a self-awareness like we have. And what happened when sin entered the world? Fear. They hid themselves from God. They hid themselves from each other. They blamed God and they blamed each other. You know? And that's the brokenness of the connection that God actually made for, uh, for us. You know, the uh, oxytocin I was talking about earlier? You know, that's the same chemical that's released in sexual activity, sexual intercourse between a man and a woman. And he created that to be a bond for husbands and wives. And he told us, he warned us about the power that he created in making a connection. In fact, that's why he warns us about sexuality. He designed it to be in, taking place inside the protective mechanism of marriage and warns when it's outside of that, it can be dangerous. It's such a powerful, powerful thing. You know, in, uh, it says husbands and wives should satisfy each other. That's, that's his, his plan for us in these things. You know, there's a uh, um, big fad going on with young people getting uh, old-looking jeans. Have you noticed this? You know, wholly worn out. They buy them from the store with holes in them, and they have a little label on them. And the label says something like this. These jeans have been intentionally flawed to make them unique and more expensive. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. But think about it for a minute. In some ways, that actually could be a label on all of our heads. You know, we are intentionally, or at least by design, creation and the ongoing sinful world. We are flawed. And we are unique. And it could be those very things that we think of as flaws that are actually uh, increasing our value. That God could use... And, uh, you know, when a, when a book has a mistake in it, and it's a historic, you know, it's a, it's a collector's item, the, more, the, the mistake books are the more valuable. The stamps with the mistakes on them shoot through the roof, you know, because they are flawed. <laughs> and in some ways, I think God could use that unique, flawed ability. In fact, here's something to think about. No flaw is shameful or sinful. You know, if you have a flaw in your physical chemistry or your, your, your body or your makeup, it's not shameful or, or, or sinful. In fact, we've done a disservice in our world today, our Western civilization, about mental health and mental illness because we've treated it as so different from any other illness. You know, if somebody has a crush, a, a, a collapsing vertebrae in their back, we just see it as a totally physical thing. But if they've got a mental health issue, we look at it as totally different. When in reality, they're all part of the same system. No flaw, whether it's mental, emotional, or physical, is 
shameful or sinful. Just the opposite. It's to be recognized that this is how God made me, my chemistry, and my connections. Let's look at the third one here. And this one is just obvious, but I've got to state it for the obvious. It's our circumstances. Your circumstances and my circumstances are totally different. No person on the planet has gone through what you've gone through. You're unique. You're, you're different. You're special in that regard. So as uh, the things you've gone through as a child, no one else went through those things. The circumstances you endured as a teenager, no one else lived your teenhood. You know, those of us who lived through the 60s and 70s, you know, there were lots of people going through a lot of similar things, but they were all unique, all different, and all special. No one went through and is going through what you're going through as an adult. Your circumstances, the stuff that happens to you, the stuff that happens to you is different and unique. Uh, the Apostle Paul would talk about this in, in Philippians chapter 12. Now, I want you to know, brethren, that my circumstances have turned out for the greater progress of the gospel. What's he talking about? He got arrested. He got thrown in jail. Now, most of us, if we hear that somebody's in jail, we're like, oh, no, he's a jailbird, you know? The Apostle Paul was a jailbird, and he says, I want you to know that my circumstances have turned out for the progress of the gospel. All these guards that have been chained to me, <laughs> they've all heard about Christ. He's taken his circumstances into his control. This is the stuff that happens to you, the circumstances. Another version says it, NIV says it like this. I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually been and served the advance of the gospel. What's happened to you? Now, let me just speak to this for a minute because our culture has tended to, to focus on victimhood. We've tended to think anything that's happened to us it's not my responsibility, and so we've tended to, to use that as a shield for lack of responsibility, okay? What's happened to me? God says, I think by these kind of verses, no, you can actually see what God allows to happen to you as something that will fit into his unique call in your life. One of the cards you've got in your hand is your circumstances, so the question is, what are you doing to use that card to his advantage, to his benefit? Let me deal with another one real quick, and this will be our, our, our biggie. This is um, dealing with your thought life, your consciousness. This is how you speak to yourself, okay? This is the self-talk that you give yourself, okay? Like this little guy. What's he saying to himself there, huh? Yeah. If you spoke to other people like you speak to yourself, you'd probably have very few friends. You know? Sometimes our worst conversations are with... And we do speak to ourselves regularly, do we not? You know, it wasn't just Jesus in John 17. It was God praying to God. And we say, well, that's weird. He's praying to himself. Now we talk to ourselves all the time, right? It's pretty constant. Yeah. And so the question isn't, do you talk to you? It's more, what do you say when you talk to yourself? And the heart of a man is deceitful and desperately wicked. But the Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Are you catching that? 
This is the self-consciousness. As you think about yourself and as you speak to yourself about yourself, that's actually what you become. For as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Be careful what you think about, the Bible says. Be careful what you think because your thoughts run your life. Do you realize that? Your thoughts run your life. And so this idea of consciousness on how you think about yourself. One more scripture that kind of talks about that is, is Job. After all these circumstances happened to Job, he kind of got down to what I've always feared has happened to me, what I dreaded has come to be. It's kind of the idea of a self-fulfilling prophecy. If important people in your life told you some messages, let's say, you'll never amount to anything. You are a loser. You know, if that's all you heard and you began to parrot that to yourself, it becomes, just like this, it becomes a, a self-fulfilling prophecy. You end up living out the reality of what you believe about yourself. That's why we want people to connect to Jesus. We want people to connect to Christ because if we're hearing what he says about us, if we're, help, if we're getting our value from him, it's totally different than what our world has told us and what we're telling ourselves. We've got to adjust what we're telling ourselves based on what he has told us. Um, Caleb and Caitlin and Misty and I are working with the junior high kids on Wednesday nights from 4 to 6. And we're talking about identity, our identity, because the world's trying to give these kids a pretty negative identity on who they are and what they're about. And God comes along and he says, I've got a totally different identity. So we're sitting in this, in this youth group with this clash of identity. Who are you going to believe? Are you going to believe the peers and the social media and what the world says about you? Or are you going to believe God and Christ and what he says about you? He says, you are a child of God. He says, you are the church. You are a masterpiece. You are uh, a royal priesthood. You don't get that anywhere else. In fact, what you get from the world, you're a highly evolved amoeba. You're a highly evolved protoplasm. You, know? you are just a highly evolved animal. I mean, that's the world's teaching at the moment about who our kids are. Why do we get surprised? when the behavior of our kids shows us that their consciousness is being lived out. What they feared is actually coming true. Okay, that's the four big ones. Let's, let's talk about the fifth card, okay? The fifth card is, uh, I call it the trump card, the wild card. I won't use the word trump in here, okay? <laughs> too, too much uh, political uh, potential there. The uh, wild card. Would that be good? That would be good tonight, today? Um, it's it's, it's kind of like this. What you are given in life, these four things, is far less of value than what you do with what you are given. Okay? So you know how a wild card can change the suit or the value of all the other cards? This is the case here. Choices in our lives can change the value and the suit of all the other four cards. Our chemistry, 
our connections, our circumstances, and, and our consciousness. The wild card can override and, and, and abbreviate change all of those. So what are some healthy choices? What are some choices we can all make? Jot these down. It's kind of on the flip side of your uh, handout there. What are some choices that we all need to make and can make in our, in our lives? The first one <laughs> kind of goes with the Daniel plan. No matter what chemistry you were given, we can all make some choices to get healthier. I like that word, healthier. Okay? Even if you're in fairly good health now, it is kind of like last week, Mark's telling us that he lost 10 pounds and the rest of us are going, you, you know, put, put us to shame, you know? Some of us that have a lot more than that to lose. But he's, he's taking it to heart. He's saying, I want to get healthier. And that's the, that's the key with the Daniel plan. It's not calling it even a diet. It's just saying, I want to make healthy lifestyle choices. The two things that are killing Americans at record rates, heart disease, you start going through those, they are life cho uh, lifestyle choice issues. So in reality, what are we doing? We are killing ourselves by poor choices. Okay? All the Daniel plan is trying to do is to say when it comes to fitness, when it comes to food, when it comes to faith, friends, and, and, and uh, take in your focus, take some time and make healthy choices. Make healthy choices. And the, the dial will take care of itself. The scale will take care of itself if you make healthy choices when it comes to... And you can all, we can all choose to be healthier. Isn't that what it's all about? You know? Do we love each other enough to enter each other's world and challenge each other to be healthy or healthier? The Bible says, you made my body, Lord. Now give me the sense to heed your laws. <laughs> you know, you made my body. Now help me uh, obey the kinds of things you've built into this world so that I can get the most out of it. This is a stewardship issue. I want to steward the health that God's given me. I want to live as long as he's called me to live to accomplish all that he's called me to accomplish, to bring as many men and women and boys and girls to love him. Isn't that what it's all about? Stewarding our bodies for the best. I think it was uh, Shakespeare who said, it's impossible to be a philosopher with a toothache. Kind of go, what? You know, when you're in pain, it's all you're thinking about, you know? So deal with the physical because it's going to lead to all the other potential in your life, the other things that are in your, 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 your life. Um, the physical things that are in your life, it's a cumulative effect. It's a cumulative effect. Um, don't look at it, oh, I just don't have an hour a day to, 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 to exercise. Well, take several five minutes sections. They say that if you don't have an hour, that smaller and, and, and bite-sized chunks of exercise are just as good if they add up to the same amount. So take the time God's given you and just say, I'm going to make healthier choices little by little and make that cumulative effect go the opposite way. When it comes to emotional, food intake, all those kinds of things, choose to make healthier choices. Number two, I can choose to deepen my relationships. God's put you in a place where you have relationships. Now, your choice 
is do I deepen those or do I keep them shallow? Okay? Every one of us can choose to deepen our relationship, which that's really what God's called us to. Clear back to Adam and Eve in the garden and the fear that they were, uh, the, the fear that sin brought in and the distance that that made in relationships. God's wanting us to press against that and to grow in our intimacy and our fellowship uh, with each other. Um, he doesn't want us just to have more relationships. He wants to, us to have deeper and abiding. Because deep within us, we have this desire for intimacy. You know? Not just with a mate, but with other people. And yet, fear of disclosure drives us away. He calls us to resist that, to, to say, I want to deepen my relationship. That's why we focus on groups around here. We're asking everyone to get in a place where every week you're opening up your heart to some other people, some other brothers, some other sisters. Find a place where that happens. If you don't, you're going to stay shallow and you will never get to the place God's called you with that card, the relationship or connection card. He wants you to uh, make love your highest goal. I pray that Christ will live in your hearts by faith and that your life will be strong in what? Love. You know, that's what Jesus said when they were walking along. What's the most important thing? Love God and love people. Love God and love people. That boils it all down. It's all about relationships. That your life will be built strong in love and built on love. What if you prayed that every morning as your feet hit the ground out of your bed? Lord, let this day be one which is hearts growing in faith that I'll be strong in love and built on love. Would that change the focus we have on relationships, deepening those relationships? Because there is no fear in love. Perfect love casts out all fear. So let love be your highest goal. How are you doing at um, turning off the television and relating to each other? How about getting away from Facebook and uh, social media and actually talking to someone? Uh, how many of you have sought out a, a mentor recently or wanted to deepen a relationship that would help you uh, to grow? I've just taken on some uh, coaching with some... Um, some, some young church planters, and it's like, oh, this feels so good, these relationships that are f being fostered and developing. I just want to encourage you in that same regard to grow because in love, there is no fear. Perfect love drives out all fear. What's the definition someone said of fear? False evidence appearing real. You know, don't let false evidence appearing real drive you and your, and your uh, relationships. What are some other choices? A couple more. Number three, uh, you can choose to trust God no matter what. When it comes to your circumstances, <laughs> you know, we're kind of going through these one by one, your chemistry, your um, connections, in this one, your circumstances. What if you chose to trust God no matter what circumstances happen? Romans 8.28, we know from uh, NIV, this is actually from the message. I like this version for the moment. God knows us far better than we know ourselves. That's why we can be so sure that every detail of our lives, 
of love for God is worked into something good. Every detail is worked into something good. God knew what he was doing from the very beginning. What do we say? God causes all things to work together for good to those who love him, to those who are called according to his purpose. He decided from the outset to shape the lives of those who love him along the same lines as his life of his son. The son stands first in the line of humanity he restored. We see the original intended shape of our lives there in him. We can choose to trust God no matter what. Mark preached last week about uh, the choices that Daniel made. You know, a lot of stuff happened to Daniel. He wasn't responsible for those. What was he responsible for? The choices he made inside those circumstances. And why did he make those choices? I'm going to follow God. I'm going to be healthy. (laughs) I'm going to trust him no matter what. I will praise the Lord no matter what happens. This psalm could have been written by Daniel, couldn't it? You're a product of your past, but you're not a prisoner of your past. God's calling you to rise above it, make some choices that deal with trusting him in the midst of that. Number four, I can choose what I think about. I can choose what I think about. That's the one arena that God says, take captive every thought. You know, you bring into subjection, submission, every thought that comes into your mind. And you're all right. Don't copy the behavior and customs of the world, but let God transform you. Remember, we talked about the metamorphosis. Transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. By changing the way, that's the word metamorphosis right there. Changing the way you think is vital. Think positive. You can control that. You can't control what others are, are, have, have taught you, but you can control what you think about now. And number five, last one, I can choose Jesus Christ to be my Savior. Not just a Savior from your sin someday, like fire insurance. Well, when I die, I'm, I'm, I'm in good shape. What he wants you to do, he, what he wants to do is be your Savior from yourself, from your sin, and from the flaws in your life right now. Right now, he wants to deal with saving you and utilizing as that, um, as that wild card all the other things that are in your life. When someone comes a, becomes a Christian, he becomes a brand new person inside. He's not the same anymore. A new life has begun. When you make Christ the Lord of your health, he changes your health. When you make the Lord, the, 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 the Jesus the Lord of your relationships, your relationships will change. Your connections will be different. When you make Jesus Christ the Lord over the um, circumstances in your life and you trust him with those, he will use those to his glory. He will use those. And when you make him the, the Lord over your mind, amazing things take place when that happens. It's all of life it changes. That's the uh, wild card. Let's bow in prayer. Father, thank you for the cards that you've dealt to us. Thank you for calling us to be those who would, who would put 
into play and into, into life, uh, reality. Lord, thank you for helping us look at those this morning. Thank you for the uh, health that you've given to us, the chemistry, the body that you've given to us. And we just want to trust you with how you've made us and what you, how you've wired us up. Father, we want to thank you for the connections that you've given us and the relationships and all the potential that exists within those. Lord, we want to thank you for the circumstances in which you've placed us, that uh, you've called us to be your people in the midst of a challenging world. Lord, we want to thank you for the, our, our thought life and the amazing minds that you've given us. Help us to think your thoughts after you and to grow in our mental and, and thought life. Thank you most of all, Father, for calling us to be your kids, to be your children, to love you, to adore you, to give you our lives as our Lord and Savior. We do that just now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.